Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, we do surrender to you. Every day we want to do it. And every day sometimes we do do it. But then again, this world and the flesh being weak, we fall backwards and fall in the wrong direction. But we keep coming back to you like a child who wants his daddy. Lord, we repent of our sins and we surrender to you once again. Everything that we have is yours. Our even, even our breath comes from you. Lord, tonight, help us to surrender to you as we preach, as we worship, and as those people listen, Lord, whether it be online, live tonight, or whether they be watching down the road or listening to the message some other place, Lord. Lord, we just pray that, that tonight we will surrender to you completely and totally. We pray in Jesus' name, Lord. Have your way with the message here tonight and bring glory to your name. And let our foolish hearts no longer be darkened by sin. And to you be the glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. Again, for those that just tuned in, you're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani, and we're glad you're here tonight. We, we pray that every, every Thursday night you'll tune in. We do expositional studies for the most part here. Sometimes, you know, we do um, topical studies, but for the most part, um, expositional. We've been doing expositional quite lately, quite a lot. So um, you can, and expositional studies are cool because you can grow. You can find beautiful gems in the Word of God as you swim in the deeper waters. You know, I heard one theology or one, what could I say, scholar say, the Word of God is so shallow a baby cannot drown, but yet so deep that a greatest scholar can never touch bottom. Well, we want to swim for the bottom because, you know, there's beautiful pearls in the Word of God that we're looking for. So as you tune in with us and listen to us um, and invite others to listen to us, then you too can have a, a part in that and learn the deeper things, the more beautiful things, the precious gems that God has for us in his word. So uh, for those of you, again, we're Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. You can go to our website, and here it is, freedomchurchpb.org, freedomchurchpb.org, because we're in Palm Beach, Florida, freedomchurchpb.org. And you can tune in every Thursday night at 7.15, invite your friends. You know, uh, you can have a Bible study after the Bible study. And, oh, and on Sunday, we're here at 10 a.m., every Sunday, 10 a.m. You know, uh, we have, we'll be in Matthew chapter 10. We won't finish the whole chapter Sunday, but we will, we'll, we will learn a lot. So tune in and bring friends to your house and let them watch with you. You can have a house church and meet. And um, you can grow in the knowledge of God. As you see this world in turmoil, you better be looking up because the time is drawing near. The Lord Jesus told us that. Read chapter 24 of Matthew, 25 of Matthew. You know, the time is closing in. We're not in the tribulation as far as I'm concerned, but we're gearing up towards it. So as the world gets more in turmoil, we should be looking up more often, all the time, as a matter of fact. So anyway, for if you're local, you know, we have a men's Bible study every morning, every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We're at 2810 High Paluxo Road in Lantana, Florida. You can get on I-95, get off at High Paluxo Road, travel west about a quarter mile, and we're on the north side of the road. So 9 a.m. every Saturday. Some people used to walk here. You know, some people drive here. Uh, some people are close enough to walk, but don't. But anyway, um, you can you can come on, and we have a great we have a great Bible study every every Saturday morning, and that's been going on for years. So, um, 
We're glad you're here. For those of you that go online, you can check us out. You can check our ministries. You can go back and listen to any sermons from years back. You can, uh, you can read about what we believe in. We believe in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Uh, the, the Bible is inerrant. It is absolutely accurate and correct. And, um, and uh, we love Jesus here. And if you love Jesus, that means you love his Father. And that means that the Holy Spirit's in you because you couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. So anyway, um, you can even donate online should you want to. Just go to the Give Life button, and the life ends with a Y. Give, G-I-V-E, capital L-I-F-Y. There's a Give Life fee button, and you can just uh, donate right there, and we appreciate it. I encourage everybody, you know, this this indignation is, is past, you know, and uh, it's time to... Get back, get out of the routine that you have drummed up over these last couple years and get back out to church because, you know, the Lord says in 10 of chapter 10 of Hebrews, do not forsake, listen, the assembling of yourselves together. That means not at home, assembling of yourselves together, that's all believers, and all the more as you see the time drawing near. And below, if you can see it, you can see it's drawn near. So it's not time to stay home, it's time to get out time to get out and it's time to get back to church and by the way you know your your offerings and your donations should still be going on to your local church your home church your tithes should be going there regardless of whether you stay home so you got their mailing address mail it in or go to the website and donate to their website you know it's a command from scripture that you should tithe and you can even give to other ministries like this if we're not your home church you can, you can give offerings uh, to other churches uh, you know, that where you're learning from, from the Word of God. So you know, we'd love you to come in and tune in with us. Um, for those here, you know we've never taken an offering here. There's boxes in the back, and we thank you. We've been here for almost eight years, and, and uh, praise God, God has kept us uh, strong. So we thank the Lord for that. So, get your Bibles out. We prayed. When I got up here, we're going to go to Romans chapter 1. We're in some heavy territory with Romans chapter 1 here. We're going to look at the 21st verse, and we're going to try to get to the end of the chapter, which is verse 32. Okay, this is a tough portion of Scripture, so you have to open your heart, and you don't sit there and say, well, Pastor Joe said this. No, what we're learning is the Word of God. The Word of God is true, and it is accurate. And if it says things that you don't like, I'm sorry, you need to get in tune with the Word of God. You don't get in tune with what the government says or the world says out there, the secular world. You get in tune with what the Word of God says. And that's what, this is a tough lesson tonight, and you may not like what I'm saying. Don't turn the, your, your, your computer off. Because this is God's word, not my word, just so you know that. Okay? I'm going to read this passage to you, verse 21 through 32 of Romans chapter 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version. I'm going to start in 20, just to give you a heads up from last week. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Listen, you're without excuse. I think that was the name of last week's message. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became fruitile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God into image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to their uncleanness and the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. 
For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. And likewise, also men, leaving their natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they were our worshipers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but they also approve of those who practice them. Whoa, tough passage of Scripture, didn't I tell you? You might not like what you hear today, but do not tune out because God knows you tuned out because you don't like what He was saying. you got to get in tune with God. We just sang a song, I Surrender. You know what? you got to get in tune with God. You need to surrender to God, not to the government of the United States, not to what the schools are saying, and, and not to what the, your neighbors are saying and the world is saying. You've got to get in tune with what God is saying. That is called surrender and repentance. Surre repentance is certainly a part of surrendering to God. I named this message, Their Foolish Hearts Were Darkened. Their Foolish Hearts Were Darkened. So if you want to listen to this down the road, go to that one. Today's date and their foolish hearts were darkness. Here's verse 21 again. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became fruitile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Listen, although men knew God, okay, everyone has, has seen His individual, his, his attributes since the beginning of time in His creation. You know God. There's people that won't even let their, won't even tell their children of God, and that tells me that they actually fear God and they know God because they're afraid to tell their children of God, afraid that He might get a hold of them and change their life. Well, if He does change their life, they're headed to heaven instead of the place prepared for the devil and his angels. They stopped being thankful. You, a lot of people, you know, they stopped being thankful to God. They forgot to thank God for the next breath they take, the way they woke up this morning. They forget that they have food on their plates. They have a house to sleep in, a bed to lay on. They, they, they are unthankful. They're unthankful. They forget that they had good parents that raised them, or if not good parents, they had, had good um, mentors. Everyone is without excuse. The moon's up there hanging in the sky, floating on nothing, as is the earth, as is the sun. You know, you are without excuse. You can look at a flower and say, whoa, where did this come from? Look at the beauty in this flower. Look at the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. You, you, you know what? You profess to be wise, verse 22. You profess to be wise, but you became fools. We've got to be careful here. You know what? You've stopped being thankful. And your foolish heart is going to be darkened. That means, you know, darkness is, you know, related with sin. Your heart is going to be darkened. Because you were fruitile in your thoughts, even though every time you walk outside, you see the sun, the moon, the stars. You have a new day to go to work, to make money, to feed your household, and to lay down at night and go to sleep and wake up the next morning. Your, your heart is darkened. That means that evil is beginning to dwell there. Remember God said to Cain, sin is crouching at your door. 
But Cain fell right into it. He let his heart get darkened and he actually killed his, his brother Abel. You, uh, your foolish heart can get darkened. Even 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 says this, that the weapons of your warfare as a Christian are not carnal. They're mighty through God. They can pull down these imaginations and everything that exalts itself against God. And it can bring into captivity every thought of yours to the obedience of Christ. And that means you got to get back to Christ. And when we get into the deeper part of this chapter, if you don't like what God's saying, that means you've got to get, you get the darkness out of your heart. And you've got to fight it. Cast down those imaginations of what the world, the government, is telling you today. Or even your friends that don't believe in God. They obviously are afraid of God because they're afraid that you might find God and then they'll lose a friend. That means they do know there's a God. Professing to be wise, they became fools. I don't know if you noticed this, but I noticed that a lot of intellectuals, a lot of people with all kind of bachelors and masters and, and doctorate degrees actually become stupid. I'm sorry to use that word, but you know, they, they, they think that, that everything is in science. But the Bible clearly states from the very first verses that everything was created by God. And to believe there's, there's um, evolution is insanity. It takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does to believe that there is a God because Jesus Christ walked out of the grave the third day according to what the Scriptures have said as He fulfilled 365 Scriptures. And no man could do that but one. The wisdom of man then, says 1 Corinthians 3.19, is foolishness before God. So man's, all his degrees, you know, his, his wisdom is in this world, not in that, the, the next world. The wisdom of man is foolishness before God, says 1 Corinthians 3.19, and several other verses. They become, when they get all these degrees, they become they become proud and arrogant and then disrespectful to their fellow man because they're always right and the other one's wrong. That's called pride. And they exchange the glory of the incorruptible God into images made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed animals, and creeping things. You aren't going to worship the God that sent His Son who proved it by walking, walking out of the grave, paying the penalty for our sins, but you will believe in something that you made with your own hands, like a statue or a lion with a person's head. You made it. You are the creator of it, but yet you worship it. You know, there's something wrong with that theology. You are the creator. The creator wants to be worshipped by his creation, and he deserves to be worshipped. Because he paid for your sins should you choose to accept it on this cross that is behind me. Not this particular cross, but he died on the cross to pay for your sins. They exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God into images like, like corruptible man. Man, you know the Egyptians say, if I were God, I would be powerful. I would be bright. I would cause crops to grow, and I would blast people who are out of line with what I, what my laws are. You know what man's God is? It's the Egyptian god Ra, the sun god. Then not only did we worship incorruptible man according to verse 23, but birds. Do you know the American Indian says, if I were God, I would soar over the mountains majestically, you know who his God is? It's the eagle. And then you got four-footed animals. The Hindu says, if I were God, I would be gentle and caring. And he made a cow his God. Come on. Where'd you get this silliness and this, this stupidity? And then it says here, and, and creeping things. Do you know movies and TV shows, you know, yeah, they, they, they present Godzilla as a god. Star Trek has its god. Batman's a god because he can do anything. He can f fly through the air and swing through over things, you know. 
They got they got ideas like you know that uh, they put in the TVs like planets that are a bunch of insects. Then there's the blob and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, come on, man. That's a creeping thing. Like serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. You know, the enemy has no power. Jesus stripped him of his power at the cross. He made an open spectacle of him. He crushed his skull, according to Genesis 3.15. And that means his teeth are shattered, so when he tries to take a bite out of you, he really can't unless you let him. These are gods, these are gods, are, these are the gods of the pagans. Do you know, and don't forget this, some people here worship the Seahawks or the Ravens or the Dolphins or the Bengals or the Raiders or even the Buccaneers, the Vikings. They paint their bodies, they make tattoos, put watermelons on their head to be goofy. They jump up and down. They scream at the tops of their lungs. They even dance whenever there's a, a, a touchdown made. It's okay to watch sports, but it's not okay to make your team a god. People make gods out of sports teams. They'd rather stay home and watch the Super Bowl than get to church on Sunday. You know what? You put that team before God. Usually the Super Bowl is anyway after church. Go to the early service. Listen, verse 24 and 24, 25. Therefore God gave them up to the uncleanness in their lusts of their hearts, <coughs> excuse me, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Verse 25. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Since pagans worship animals, then they become and they become and they act like animals for the most part. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, we will become more like Jesus. Second Corinthians three eighteen. I quoted, asked, told you about this verse, but here it is. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are becoming transformed. We're becoming transformed because we love Jesus. Into the same image from the glory, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. We are becoming like Jesus because we worship God. <coughs> Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie. These people suppress the truth, and they deny there is a God, even though creation declares it, and the Word of God says you are without excuse. The heavens themselves declare the glory of God, says Psalm 119, verse 1. Look up at the scars tonight, and you can see the glory of God. How do they stay there? The evolution? I don't think so. Do you know that in... in in, in our solar system, Venus is the only planet that turns clockwise. All the other planets, like the Earth, they turn counterclockwise. Why did God do something like that? So he would get your attention. That's why. Some people suppress the truth, and then they deny there is a God, even though creation declares it. Because of this, they began to act like the animals that they worship rather than the Creator. Yet the Bible says in Isaiah chapter uh, 1, I'm going to read this for a minute. I could quote it to you, but I'm not going to. I want you to, to the, Isaiah starts off in the th second verse. Oh, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me, says God. Here's what he says. Listen to this. The ox knows its owner. The donkey knows its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Listen, an ox knows there's a God. He knows his master. Even a, and a, a donkey knows that there is a God. But we don't? Come on, church. Who's the stupid one here? Who's the stupid one, the, the atheist that says there is no God, or the, the, the donkey who knows it? And so does the ox. Verse 25b, 
and worshipped and served the creature, that's the devil, rather than the creator. Because of this, man is not willing, is not improving, I mean. Because of this, man is not improving. He's not improving physically, morally, intellectually, or spiritually. He is not improving. They are being pulled down in a downward direction. You're constantly being pulled down to hell as you live your life against God. All you have to do is receive Christ as your Savior, and you're saved. But you can't do it with your head knowledge. You've got to be. You got to know what you said, and you've got to live like it. Man is constantly moving away from God with each passing generation. I don't know if you noticed it, but the generations that come up behind each generation, my generation, my parents' generation, your generation, your children's generation, the kids are getting worse and worse and worse. They actually scream at their parents for saying no to the candy bar at the grocery store. And if the mother or the dad pats them on the bum, they're getting arrested. Listen, there's such a thing as child abuse, but that isn't it. Although they have a knowledge of God, they are moving away from Him. They glorify uh, the creature, the devil, rather than the Creator. Why? Because we love sin and God convicts us of our sin. Therefore, we hide from Him. They do not give Him the rightful place, becoming self-sufficient without God. They don't need God which is a disgrace. If you think you don't need God, wait till you draw your last breath. Only it may be too late. Verse 26, For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. This is a passion of dishonor, disgrace, and depravity. Like it or not, it does not matter what society says. It doesn't matter what they put in the books at schools. It doesn't matter what the TV says. It doesn't matter what the, what the government says. God says it's dishonor, it's a disgrace, and it's depravity for women to be with women and forsake the natural use of what God created them for. So it says that He gave them up to their vile passions. He gave them up. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to let you have it. You're going to learn the hard way, obviously. Verse 27. Likewise, also men with men, leaving the natural use of a woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful. Both women and men, the verse 26 and 27, shows us that these are passions of dishonor, disgrace, depravity for women with women and men with men. Do you know how Greece fell? The, the nation of Greece conquered the known world. Alexander the Great, he died when he was like 30 years old or 33 years old. Do you know why he fell? Because he was gay. Do you know that he had no children to give his, his, his world to? He had to divide it up between his four generals. Do you know why Rome fell? Because of the depravity of, of, of uh, homosexuality. Do you know that 14 out of the last 15 Caesars were gay? 14 out of the last 15 Caesars of Rome were gay. You know what? America is heading down the wrong path, and you too, if you believe this, this is, if you want to believe otherwise than what God's saying right here. Rome fell. I mean, I mean Europe is even fell. And now the United States of America is in trouble because of homosexuality being okayed. I've got more on this as we move through the passage here. Verse 27, B, and receiving within themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Listen, God's telling you, if it's men and women with women doing indecent acts, and men with men doing indecent acts, He's telling you there's a penalty. 
which is going to for their error, penalty of their error, which was due. The pit of depravity is evidenced through history by culture accepting, glorifying, and glorifying homosexuality. This LGBT movement or marches, they flaunt gayness. That is insane. America is going down the tubes in a, in a, in a basket to floating down the river to hell to go down the, the, uh, the cliff, the waterfall of destruction. America's headed that way. And one thing we know from history is man doesn't learn anything from history. Rome fell, Greece fell, Europe fell. The, world, the United States is going to fall if you don't correct yourself right now. You're flaunting your gayness, your homosexuality, and you want to come to church? You can come to church, but don't flaunt your sexuality. That's if you can stand under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm not changing the message, I'm going to use the Word of God. That might keep a lot of people away from this church, but really you should come to this church so that you can get delivered and so that you can, can be saved and go to heaven. Because you do not flaunt your sin. Paul says this in Romans chapter 6, What should I say then? Should I continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, may it never be. That's what, that's what you ought to be saying. Should I continue in this homosexuality, abusing the grace of God? God forbid, no way. Get the church and repent. And turn around and go the other direction, and the Holy Spirit will help you. But yet, homosexuality is glorified in that LGBT movement, in TV shows, in TV advertisements, in magazines. And even the stealing of God's rainbow as a sign of gayness. Listen, the rainbow was put in the sky so that you would know that God will never destroy the world again because of their sin. It's a reminder, not a reminder for gayness. This is a mockery of what they're doing to God the Holy One of Israel. And they're mocking God by choosing the rainbow as their logo. Nonsense. You have a heavy penalty to pay. There is a consequence. I just read it. And what is the penalty that they will receive within themselves? May I suggest to you STDs? May I suggest to you uh, herpes? May I suggest to you the main one? I it's, it's AIDS. It's AIDS. You receive in your body the penalty of your error, which is AIDS and STDs and herpes. That's a breeding ground for sins. And then God's going to go on and list some of them as we go on. Verse 28. Listen, AIDS is nothing to fool with. I'm going to get into that a little bit more about some cultures that were destroyed by AIDS from way back before CBS and NBC and all those stations. God 28. God gave them over to a debased mind to do things which are not fitting. God gave your darkened heart over to a debased mind and you actually think you're doing correct. You can go to church and flaunt your homosexuality or your adultery or your lying. You think you can flaunt it and then God will forgive you. God forbid, may it never be. Should you consider and continue in sin that grace may abound? Homosexuality is a great sin. Why do you think they call it sodomy? You know why? Because God rained fire and brimstone on Sodom because of their gayness. They tried to rape the angels that were sent into Sodom and Gomorrah. And God said, enough. But you notice how loving God is because he just didn't sit in heaven on his throne and decide to throw fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah because they disobeyed the, the law of Moses. But you know what he did? He sent angels to make sure that it was, it was, what was presented to him in heaven was, was accurate, which he knew was accurate. He was probably hoping to repent in that little bit of time. He gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. 
In other words, God does not approve. Let me say this to you again, men with men and women with women. God does not approve. The men and women approve. Families even approve. Countries even approve. The United States approves. YouTube approves. TV's a movie and, and uh, advertising on TV approves. Hollywood approves. But God does not approve. Wake up, America, before we get sent to hell in a handbasket. Or you get sent to hell because... I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I know where I'm going. This is a testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son of God has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Listen, you can know you have eternal life. This is the testimony that you might know, K-N-O-W, that you have eternal life. You can know you're going to heaven. God does not approve of these things. Verse 29 through 32. Of unrighteousness, he does not approve. Of sexual immorality, he does not approve. Of wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, envy, he does not approve. Murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, gossips, he does not approve. Backbiters, haters of God, violent and proud boasters, inventors of evil things, God does not approve. Disobedient to parents, kids, God does not approve, whether you're 60 or 16. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, he does not approve of it. Unforgiving, unmerciful, he does not approve who knowing the righteous judgments of God, that those who practice them are deserving of death, who not only do the same things, but they approve of them. Listen. Christian parents, you might not approve of them, but if you let your children wallow in this mud, you're sending them to hell. Because they disobey God. And not only that, they could come up with a wicked disease that may kill them. If you love them, you will tell them the truth to get off of their rocking chair and talk to their children about homosexuality and how God disapproves of it. The application here is the problem of depravity. Leviticus the law of Moses, chapter 20, and verse 13. Let me read it for you. Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 13. One more page. This was the water of Marah, because the children of Israel contended with the Lord, and he hallowed them, now Moses sent messengers from Kadesh to the king of Edom. Thus says the, your brother Israel, you know all the hardships that, that, he, that has befallen us, how your fathers went down to Egypt, and they dwelt in Egypt a long time, and the Egyptians afflicted us and their fathers. When we cried out to the Lord, he heard our voice, and sent an angel, and brought us up out of Egypt. Now here we are in Kadesh, a city on the edge, on the border. God has, has been, I mean, what did I read? I read numbers. No wonder I, that didn't make no sense to me. <laughs> okay, we're going to Leviticus chapter 20. I'm wondering, hey, what's this? I got the wrong verse. The next time I'll put a tag on it. Leviticus 20. Verse uh, 13. If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. Listen, 
God is condemning homosexuality. That's just not in the law of Moses. That's in, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Biblically, when a culture embraces, biblically, when a culture embraces homosexuality, that is the end of the line. We have history to prove that. Greece and Rome, the Old Testament and the New Testament theology absolutely and unmistakably forbids homosexuality. In other words, homosexuality is sin, but it's it, it, and sin is not just bad, it's forbidden. Homosexuality and sin is forbidden. You don't flaunt it, you get rid of it. You ask God to deliver you from it if it needs to be, if you need delivered. It's forbidden because it destroys us corporately and individually. Homosexually. Homosexuality damages us physiologically. The reason is in verse 27, the, we receive in themselves the recompense for their error. The, the, the AIDS, the STDs, the, the, uh, the herpes and stuff like that. And it, it actually changes who they are into what they could be. It changes who they are, let's put it that way, instead of being what they could be and what God wants them to be. God says to stay away from homosexuality. Number two, homosexuality devastates us physiologically. Do you know that 65 to 75 percent of Central American nations are infested with HIV. Recent research has indicated that HIV would, could have been the plague that wiped out civilizations like the Canaanites in the Bible, who were called, in 1 Kings chapter 14, the Canaanites were called Sodomites. God gave them 400 years while Israel was in Egypt. He gave them 400 years to repent, and obviously they didn't because God told Joshua in chapter 9, verse 24, to take over the land of Canaanites and wipe them all out because they would perverse his people, his children. I don't know, when I saw bad people hanging around my children, I told them, I don't want you to hang out with them anymore. And that's what God is saying. Wipe them all out because they're going to pervert my children. My children are going to end up homosexuals. They're going to end up, end up sacrificing their children to pagan gods like Molech. We have even failed God in that part in America. Over 65 million babies have been killed since Roe versus Wade. And we thought Hitler was bad. Oh, my goodness. Homose homosexuality destroys social, socially, too. When Rome fell, as I mentioned earlier, 14 out of the last 15 emperors were homosexuals. And listen to this. They appointed homosexual Generals and commanders. So they, they destroyed the nation from within, which is where America is at right now. Even Stalin or one of those Karl Marx or that, they said America will destroy itself from within. And that is exactly what's happening today. you got the, the left trying to take over, and you got the conservatives trying to stop it. And we need to stop it. I don't know about you guys, but I was in Vietnam, and I, had the, I was there fighting for, for freedom. And you, my children want to give their freedom away. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. I came back and actually kissed the ground in Tacoma, Washington, when I got off of that plane. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Rome fell. They come in and appointed homosexual generals, and that's what's happening in the United States government today. Number four, homosexuality disfigures theologically. Men become wimps 
and women become masculine. That's what's happening with this. Women, women become masculine, which is what God intended them not to be. They are supposed to be tender, and a man is to be strong. So the man's supposed to be strong, and the woman's supposed to be tender. But it's blurred now in America. It's blurred. You know, women initiate more than 50% of the divorces in America. It used to be 30, 40 years ago, the other way around, it would be men. No, the women are it is now, divorcing their husband, even though God says, you know, he hates divorce. There are reasons for divorce, but that isn't one of them. The image is blurred because of this. Men are gay, and they act like women, and women are, are gay, and they act like men. Number five, homosexuality is inexcusable. Sodom and Gomorrah, you were not made that way. You became that way because you would not glorify God, and your heart was darkened. You were not made that way. You became that way because you did not glorify God, and your heart was darkened. You need to turn back to God. You need to clean your heart back up and lighten your heart once again. Sodom and Gomorrah is an indication of that. Homosexuality, number six, is indicative. It's when people who know God do not glorify Him as God, nor do they give Him thanks. Listen, let me tell you, world people, you might not like this message, but America is in trouble. Even Christian churches are in trouble because they allow the flaunting of whatever sin it might be. This chapter has been about mostly about homosexuality. But whatever sin, you don't flirt that you're cheating on your spouse. You do not flirt that you flaunt your sin that you are homosexual. You don't flaunt your sin that you go out to the gentlemen's clubs, which is a, a, a bad translation in the Webster's Dictionary for what it really is. You know, you, you don't flaunt that you're a liar. You don't flaunt that you cheat people out of money. You don't flaunt those things. America is in big trouble today. It's in serious, serious trouble. The conservatives, like myself, need to get stronger, and the we need to win over those left, the left side, and bring them into conservative thinking, and coming, drawing them back to God. It's time. We sang the appropriate song here tonight. I surrender. It's time, church, it's time, America, that we surrender to God. I want to turn and I'll close with 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 2. For he says, that's God, in an acceptable time, I heard you. I want you out there and you here today. God is saying, when you prayed, maybe 20 years ago, a 100 years ago, I have heard you. And in your day of salvation, I helped you. Christian, when you were saved, God heard your prayer, and he saved you. Behold, he says, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation for those who called on God and they answered Him and you forgot all about it. Your spouse was leaving you. You went to the church steps. You repented. You asked God to bring him or her back and He brought him or her back and then you forgot all about God. My dad told me during World War II, he was in the Merchant Marines. He was on every ocean on the United and in, a, in the in the world, every ocean. And when he was in the South Pacific, a Japanese sub latched on to to their fleet of five tankers, 
And my dad cried out to God, and he said, "If you, I'll serve you if you just get us out of here. That Japanese sub, according to my dad, sank four of those tankers, and my dad's was left. And when I became a Christian, I sat there with my dad, and he told me he did a lot of forgetting. He called out to God, and then he forgot. He didn't care anymore because years and years went by. That was The war was like 1942, 1945, and this was about 1978. He took a long 30, 40 years before he even remembered. He did come back to God before he, he uh, passed on. But God heard you in your day of trouble, and he answered you. It's time for you to come to him and respect what he did for you and receive him as your Savior and your Lord and your God and surrender your will to his will, and that is called repentance. Peter says, repent and be baptized, each and every one of you, for the remission of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's time to come back. Get on your knees. Surrender to God right now with all your heart. I don't need to say a prayer and you follow. Tell him, Lord, you know I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Make me the man you want me to be. Send the Holy Spirit into my life to help me become the Christian man or woman that you want me to be. And do it with all your heart, not with your head, your heart. And you will be saved. Let's close in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, this was a tough message. I pray, Lord, that you slammed a lot of us with your word to shock us into reality that we need to surrender. We need to repent of our sins. Not just me, not just the congregation here, not just the people over the Internet, not just us, but the government, the, the, the state, the city, the world needs to repent and come back to you because the heavens declare your glory and they are without excuse. In the name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, everybody. I love you all, and so does God.